Hi, you're listening to You're Like Really Pretty, a podcast for the girlies and the gays that love pop culture, reality TV, and the occasional juicy political scandal. I'm your host, Kayla. Oh my god, hi! How are you guys doing? I'm doing amazing per the usual. There is so much drama happening in the celebrity universe that like, I need to make my life updates very quick and then move right on. So for my life right now, um, what I, there's just so much to talk about. I can't even like think about myself. So I went to Seattle with my friends on Saturday and we went to dinner at a sushi place. Um, I don't like sushi, but I really, really want my friends to like, be okay with picking whatever restaurant because I will always find something on the menu. And so I know that they all like sushi. I was pretty sure they all like sushi when I suggested it. And it's like kind of a cute, sustainable sushi place. And so I was very happy that like they were, they went and they didn't put up too much of a fight and they were just happy to be there. And it just made me feel like, okay, they're accepting of me and my picky ways. Um, but I do love like watching people eat sushi because people are very happy eating sushi and it's pretty. It's always pretty. My friend and her sushi looked like a, it looked like a little fairy. Like it was so cute. It had like little sprouts on it and it looked like a little fairy should have landed on it. I was very happy to watch her eat it. Does that sound weird? Probably. I don't care. Um, And then I had a $14 Cosmo. It was a very good Cosmo, which is what irritated me, but it was $14. I was like, what? $14? I mean, maybe in some parts of the country, like maybe New York or LA, that's cheap. Um, In Seattle, that's probably on par. But I don't know. I was prepared to pay $10. I was not prepared to pay $14 for a freaking Cosmo. I know, again, champagne problems, but it just, I was just like $14 for a Cosmo. Oh my God. But I just, I love Cosmos. You know, I'm living my sex in the city realness. And like, I always imagined when I was a young whippersnapper that I would have, I would be out with my girlfriends and be ordering Cosmos and my makeup looked really good. Um, so I felt like extra, like I, I, I struggle with blending black eyeshadow. I look back at pictures from 2011 and I'm like, mama, who let you out of the house? Um, But she did kind of cute. She did a little black eyeshadow moment and it was working. So I felt extra in my element with my Cosmo. And then um, after dinner, well, I real quick, I have to complain about the parking situation there. So we went to University Village, which is honestly... I think the best shopping situation in this whole state. I mean, like I was, it's like all outdoor, but it has every single store that I would even like want to deal with. And it also has Shake Shack there. So I didn't know Shake Shack was over there. Um, So I will be making another trip over there to get Shake Shack. Uh, But their Sephora is so good and has like everything that the other Sephoras don't have. It has and it has like extra. So um, we went there. The parking was I first of all, I thought I was going to be like 15 minutes late because that's what my GPS said. I ended up getting there five minutes early, but then I spent 10 minutes looking for parking and I was just like, 
you guys know there's a shit ton of people in Seattle. There's a shit ton of people in the university district. Why is the parking so abysmal? But, you know, what do I know? What do I know? Um, so we went to the sushi place. It was fun. We had a nice little kiki. And then we went over to the uh, Last Comedy Club, I believe is what it's called. And we saw the headliner was um, Dolce Salone, and she is so fucking funny. She's the she's like a correspondent on The Daily Show. First of all, absolutely beautiful. And she knows it, which I love. Um, and the opener, I couldn't like, I did not, ca- you know what? Let me look up her name real quick because she was really funny. I want to make sure I say her name. Okay. I found her and I looked on like five different things to figure out how to pronounce her name correctly. And it is not coming up. And I even like listened to the beginning of her podcast, still not coming up. So her name is D-E-W-A, Dewa. And then her last name is D-O-R-J-E, Dorje, Dorje. I don't know how to say it. And it's very annoying. I promise I'm smart, but like I'm not really good with words sometimes. She is so funny. She was so hilarious. Like I genuinely. And then like the, I guess she was kind of like the MC, but the person who's on tour with uh, Dulce is this comedian named Lace, and she was hilarious. Um, she she was cracking me up. But, like, it was all girls, which, like, made me so happy. And Lace in particular was, like, talking shit kind of to the men, and I just loved it. And she was just kind of like, well, fuck you if you don't like it. And I was like, yes, I love that attitude. So... It was so much fun. I was laughing so hard. Angela and I are both really loud and like big laughers. And like, I'm the kind of person who is like clapping and I'm like not heckling. At one point I was like, am I heckling? But I'm like saying stuff in in like agreeance with the comedian. And like, she probably couldn't even hear. She did hear me on one thing. Um, and I did say it a little too loud and I felt bad because I was like, I don't like to do that, but I, I'm definitely somebody who's like a really loud clapper. I'm somebody who's putting my hand up, snapping at whatever they're saying. Cause I like it. And I just, I love comedy shows and I have so much fun and they fill my soul up with so much joy. Um, I did drop my purse and my portable charger fell out. And it landed underneath the seat of this older woman in front of me who ugh, couldn't have landed under a like a worse person's seat. Not because she was like bad or anything. She was very kind, but like she was older and had mobility issues. And I didn't realize that at first. So when I tapped her, I was like, my charger fell under there. Can you grab it? And like she, she was in no position to stand up. And then bend over and look under this chair. And I was like, never mind, never mind. I ended up getting it from her after. And then I also dropped my um, earbuds. And they dropped under my friend. She grabbed them. And then yesterday when I went to go listen to one of my podcasts I like to listen to, um, there was only one earbud in there. So I lost an earbud when I dropped it. And those headphones or those earbuds are like $150. So I was... Very annoyed with that, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, we will survive. 
thank you for your thoughts and prayers at this time. Other than that, that was pretty much it. Like we had fun and it was a great time. I had to work the next day because boo job. And that's it. Um, so any hoosers, you probably noticed that this is coming out on a Wednesday instead of a Monday. I got on the Googler, was trying to figure out how to keep growing my podcast, which I'm really happy with the growth I already have on it. Um, I'm just like so thankful for anybody who listens to me talk into this microphone and like yammer on about my life or celebrity stuff. It just means a lot. Um, but I did find out that the best days to post a podcast are Wednesdays and I have a a little Facebook called you're like really pretty and I had posted that I was switching to a Wednesday schedule and my friend Tay she was like she texts me um and she was like it's on Wednesdays on Wednesdays we wear pink and I was like I did not even put two and two together which goes so perfect with my podcast name because if you did not know my podcast name is a love letter to Mean Girls which I've talked about as being a super important movie to me I will remind you that when I got my period my stepmom took me to go see Mean Girls as a celebration of womanhood so Mean Girls is just it's important to my womanhood uh when it came out on DVD my sister and I, I'm not even lying. I'm not even joking. Me and her watched that because we went through this weird thing for a few years. So the bottom, we grew up in a log house. Um, like literally it was a log house. It was a beautiful house and I miss it every day. And, um, one day I will launch into how the 2008 recession fucked up my family. Uh, but (laughs) you don't want to hear that. You've heard me reference it. I reference it often. I probably bring up the recession seven times a day. You thought I was going to say a week. Seven times a day, I bring up that recession. I have a lot of trauma around it, okay? I'm unpacking it in therapy. I got therapy this Thursday. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, I got therapy tomorrow. I will bring it up and talk to my therapist. Anyway, I'm going on a rant. I'm going on a tangent. The point is, is I grew up in this log house, beautiful custom-made log house that was built in like the 70s and my sister and I's bedrooms were downstairs but our bedrooms were like kind of afterthoughts of like when it was originally built so our (laughs) this sounds so crazy our rooms did not have windows um they were just like these dark spaces and we went through a weird thing where like we only wanted to, there was like our rooms and then they're in the downstairs area. There's the bathroom and our shower and everything. And that's also where the laundry room was. And then there was like a living room. So it was kind of like perfect for us because like we could get away from our parents and like our dad never, I think the entire time we lived in that home, our dad probably came down there. We were there from 2003 to 2014 and our dad probably came down there seven times like he was never downstairs um and we were always actively avoiding him so where was I going with this oh yeah because our rooms didn't have windows we slept out in the living room and we watched when it came out on dvd no joke every night for six months 
every single, and I know it was six months because it came out um, in 2004 and it was on DVD in like the middle of 2004. And we watched it pretty much all of my sixth grade year. Like almost all of it. We watched it every single night. I have the DVD song, like when it went back to the main menu, I have that song forever stuck in my head. Um, But yeah, we loved Mean Girls so much. I still do. I watch it like sometimes I get, are you one of those people that gets like nostalgic, but it kind of like hurts a little bit? Like when I get nostalgic, it I don't know if it's because like I'm at the age where I'm at or whatever, but I feel like I've always been this way that like nostalgia is like really uncomfy for me and I, it just kind of makes me sad and I wish that it made me like where I could look back on stuff and like find comfort in it and stuff because I know a lot of people are like that with nostalgia. Me, I just kind of get sad. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I only watch it like once a year because I do get a little sad when I watch it. I don't know if it's maybe because like life was simpler when me and my little sister were watching Mean Girls for six months straight every night. Um, but yeah, so my new posting schedule is on Wednesday. That whole rant was about my new posting schedule being on Wednesday. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. I am... What is wrong with me? Why Why is, like, this is why I, I can't have a podcast. Why you guys should not, nobody should have encouraged me to get a podcast because I have no issue just talking to myself in a circle and going on these tangents. To who? Why? Who needs to hear this? Apparently, I think you do. All right, well, let's get into the celebrity stuff since I just spent all this time yapping about... <laughs> mean girls in my room situation growing up oh my god I am just sometimes I am just like Kayla can you get your shit together for one second so the story I want to start with is Hayden Panettiere so her brother passed away about two weeks ago and it's come out that he had a enlarged heart and unfortunately he died way too young and she is doing press um she like she has a movie coming out she is reprising her role in scream kirby iconic i love i don't like scary movies i love the scream movies I don't know. I like I can do a slasher and something about the Scream movies. I think because it's like the ones like Scream, the original is so 90s in like the most beautiful way possible. And then I loved the spoofs and everything. So they, they're just like kind of near and dear to my heart. And so I love them. And then I loved Hayden Panettiere's um character in Scream 4. So she's reprising it. She's doing press to start promoting it because it will be coming out. And she's talking about like her mental health issues and her substance abuse issues, which one I think is so incredibly brave to talk about. And hers in particular were just so scary. Like anytime somebody's suffering from substance abuse, it's scary. Uh, especially 
when it's like reported on so heavily with Hayden, there's a lot of, (sighs) there's a lot of blind items that talk about things that Hayden's gone through. And even if you're not somebody who subscribes to the blind item universe, um, I can't help but to think about those pictures of Hayden when she was like 15 partying in a club with Paris Hilton and she's like smoking a cigarette and it's just like, you're a baby. And it just, yeah, there's a lot of blind item stuff about Hayden, but I'm going to stick to the stuff that's verified. If you want to learn about Hayden and her blind item story, then you can listen to the Hayden Panettiere episode of Beyond the Blinds hosted by Trey McEvey and his co-host Kelly. Uh, It really gets into just a lot of the alleged stuff. But in terms of the stuff that is factual, what we do know is because it was so heavily reported on was that she really suffered after she had her daughter and she got into this relationship a few years ago with this guy named Brian and he was arrested a few times for like domestic violence Um, and it was just, it was really sad to play out. And it just like, like I've talked about, like abuse is so complex and tricky and seems like Hayden maybe didn't come from stable parents and stuff. It's just, yeah, it was like, sometimes you kind of felt like, oh, I'm just waiting for a TMZ alert to go out with her when this stuff was going down. It was just so sad and so scary, but What ended up happening is she got addicted to alcohol and opioids and it really obviously affected her life. Like she doesn't have her daughter full time. Her daughter ended up moving to Ukraine with her father and her father is Vladimir Kilshenko. He's this um, boxer and his like his brother was like the mayor of Kiev. And he is a bear of a man, but, uh, they're, they're not in Ukraine, um, anymore. Obviously there's a war going on, but she, yeah, she, she wasn't in a good space to be her daughter's primary caretaker. And it was really, it was really tough to watch like just the story after there's like this one story where her and Brian, they like got into like this fight with these restaurant goers and like, she's like barefoot. It turns into like this brawl of like 10 people. It was like insane. And I'm like, what is she doing? It's, it was just so scary, but she talks about in, in the press that she's doing is like how, how much it physically affected her. And like, she ended up because she was drinking and doing pills and stuff. Like she wasn't sleeping and the sleep deprivation just like affected her motor skill. She ended up like getting jaundice and her eyes were like yellow and her hair was thinning and coming out in clumps. She had gone to rehab back in 2015, like when her daughter was a year old And she wasn't able to stay successfully clean. And then she went back in 2021 
to like an intensive trauma therapy rehab and she seems to have done a lot of work on that and really like she said that she's in a place of forgiveness with herself and I think that is so important to be talking about because I that shame will just eat you alive and it will dig its claws into you and sometimes shame is good but most of the time shame is bad in the long term and um it can really it can really keep things going in a bad direction when it comes to recovery and comes to therapy and stuff so when I saw that her brother had passed away, I immediately was so sad for her, obviously. And then I also was like, I really, really hope she has a good support system around her because I didn't know she was doing better um, with, you know, recovery and substance abuse and stuff. And it sounds like she hasn't been with that guy for a few years. So that was a really happy story to read about um, in terms of her talking about that journey. But it was just so sad that, you know, she's finally like working again. And it's she's she has this high again of working and then she loses her brother. It's just so sad. I'm going to bring up the Haley and Justin Selena situation. So Justin was playing Rolling Loud Um Last night, and the crowd started yelling, fuck Hailey Bieber. And I just, like, you guys, like, and I tried to talk with my friends, and they were, like, not on my, not seeing it from my angle, um, which I get it, because it, it definitely is, like, Haley is contributed to the situation in like such a constant way. And, you know, it seemed like she was a little obsessed with Selena and obsessed with Justin. She still is like obsessed with Justin, but it is so beyond that. People are being so cruel and it's just, again, I can't help but, to think about what we did to Britney Spears and how we brought our pitchforks out and went after her when she was super vulnerable. And now it seems like there's this thing that happens on TikTok where there's a new woman to hate every week. Um, and Unfortunately, I, I will probably lose some people with this, but I don't care because like I have to speak the truth on what I feel is the truth. And we saw it with the Johnny Depp trial um, and the hatred that Amber Heard experienced. And it was so insane to watch it happen and it was insane to watch people to watch people act like Johnny Depp was like a child and not a 60 year old man and that he like he was found guilty in the UK because he sued the son over them calling him a wife beater 
and he was found guilty of 12 incidents of domestic violence against Amber. So I'm just kind of like, it's been proven that he abused her. And I just think it's absolutely insane that people choose to forget that. And I think it's absolutely insane that in 2023, we still like don't seem to have a grip on there not being a perfect victim. Um, and it just, it shouldn't surprise me after what I saw happen on the internet when it came to Amber Heard and Johnny Depp that people are going to behave the same way when it comes to Haley Bieber. And it's like, it, nobody deserves that. Like, truly, nobody deserves that. And if you're somebody who, like, is contributing still, you know, like, it's just, how do you not feel icky about that? Like, it's, I don't know. Like, she's a human. A human who was catty. And Selena was catty, too. But nobody, nobody deserves that. And, like, Justin certainly should be able to perform his job without people screaming fuck his wife at a concert. Like, that's just, like, how do you not feel disgusting about that? I I just need people to, like, that's just so mean and I don't know. I I sometimes feel like I'm alone in this feeling. Like, I'll see some people talk about it, but I I feel like I'm alone in the feeling of, like, how gross and how disproportionate the responses and then another scandal that has rocked the world so this is this is the scandal of the week I mean who would have thunk that Vanderpump Rules would be having the New York Times Rolling Stone writing articles about their little Bravo show so if you don't know who these people are um there's this woman named Lisa Vanderpump, and she started out on a show called Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And actually, the reason I watch Real Housewives is because of my mom. She has been a Bravo watcher from the jump. I watched Bravo, but I didn't watch the Housewives. Um, I was very much Kathy Griffin, my life on the D-list, millionaire matchmaker, that kind of gig. And she always talked about Beverly Hills and she talked about Lisa Vanderpump. And Lisa had this dog named Jiggy who was this little Pomeranian that had alopecia. (laughs) And she was like in love with him and Jiggy went everywhere with them and her and her husband, Ken, and she'd call him Jixta, Jixta. And he would like dress up. Oh my God. He was an ugly little thing, but he was a cute, ugly little rat dog. And um, unfortunately, Jiggy passed away. So she's like this British icon. And her and her husband are like restaurant tours. And they own this restaurant called Sir, which stands for Sexy Unique Restaurant. And I've I've referenced one of my favorite podcasts, SUP, Sexy Unique Podcast. 
that started out as a podcast recapping Vanderpump Rules. And my mom also watches Vanderpump Rules. Now, I've watched a little bit of it. I know the characters, but I haven't. It's on my to watch list. There's just so much TV. But I, I keep up on what's going on because I listen to Sexy Unique podcast. And there are these three characters that you need to be aware of in this story. The first is a guy named Tom Sandoval. The second is Ariana Maddox. And the third is Raquel Levis. Levis. I don't know how to say Raquel's last name. And it turns out Raquel's name is not Raquel. It's Rachel. But she goes by Raquel. So that's the name she cho- she chooses to go by. That's the name I'm going to call her. Um, last Wednesday, all hell broke loose. So this is how it went down. According to everything that's come out, this story is ever-changing. But this is the, the timeline that I can come up with best based on all of the threads that I've read on Reddit, all of the Bravo posts I've seen on my Instagram account, all of the Facebook posts, I have been devouring this story, just like anybody who even cares about anything that's a lick of celebrity, this has taken the world by storm. And hopefully, because this has been such a huge story, it will like drown out anything going on with Hailey Bieber and unlikely, but that's my dream. So last Wednesday, Tom Sandoval, who's been on the show from the jump, and he actually had like a little like brief, brief appearance um, in the hills back in the day in like 2006. He was a model and like Lauren and I think Whitney are like interviewing him and stuff. Uh, Anyway, so Tom is like 40 and he is very much having a midlife crisis. He started a band that is like a cover band and he's trying to have like his Harry Styles era of like being like, you know, a cis straight man who um, like wears makeup and white nail polish, which there's nothing inherently wrong, but there's just something so like it with him, it doesn't feel like um, organic. Like it feels, I don't know. He's just like a, a try hard and he, yeah. So Tom is playing a show um, and his long-term girlfriend, they own a house together. They're not married. Ariana, he's playing a show. Tom drops his phone. Ariana picks it up so that he, like, it doesn't get stomped on. She goes through it. Unclear if she, like, was like, oh, I'm looking for something. Or if she was like, oh, I happen to have the phone. I'm just going to scroll through, which... Don't blame her. So she is scrolling through and allegedly she finds a screen recording of a conversation, a FaceTime between Tom and Raquel. And in this screen recording, allegedly, Raquel and him are talking dirty and she's naked. So Ariana is like, what is going on? And she texts Raquel. Raquel 
is on this show called Watch What Happens Live, which is a nightly talk show that Andy Cohen, a.k.a. the King of Bravo, hosts. She's on the show with one of her co-stars named Sheena. Um, And Sheena is... Sheena is the nucleus of this show, and I don't think enough people give her credit for that. She is the reason the show popped off. We will get into it a different day, but I like Miss Sheena Shea, and a lot of people don't like her, but I do, because I'm probably a little bit annoying like Sheena. Um, But Sheena and Raquel are doing Watch What Happens Live, and they're... uh, they answer like questions and play games on this show. And one of one of the storylines this season is that Raquel broke up with another cast member and he's moved on and she's like trying to find her footing. And they were like engaged her and this other cast member. His name's DJ James Kennedy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> His name's James Kennedy, but you have to say T.J. James Kennedy. Um, So they broke up and she's like trying to figure her life out uh, post D.J. James Kennedy. And she is this. All of this is so incestuous, like this whole group. It's like, just get somebody outside this group. She is hanging out with another cast member who was married to another cast member. So that cast member's name is Tom Schwartz. And she's hanging out with Tom. Tom and Katie Maloney just divorced. And she's like, oh, we made out. We're, you know, we're we're hanging out. And Katie Maloney is a little crazy. And she's like, what's wrong with you? And like, you know, she will cut a bitch. And um, basically what is appearing to unfold is that Raquel and Tom Schwartz were never actually having an entanglement. It was all possibly a ruse to cover for the fact that Raquel and Tom Sandoval were actually having an affair, like an actual affair, not just like fucking around, like, They have been in an affair, which sounds like since last July, 2022, which is when Vanderpump Rules started filming for the current season that's airing. (sighs) If you've kept up with me now, good job, because it feels like, oh my God. So Ariana, she's texting Sheena and um, Sheena had just confronted Raquel Because the question that was asked on Watch What Happens Live, Watch What Happens Live, oh my God, can I talk? The question that was asked was like, which um, Tom, Tom Sandoval or Tom Schwartz are you like most attracted to or like have a crush on or something like that, some silly question like that. And because of what's going on in the show, like you would think she would say Tom Schwartz, but she said Tom Sandoval, who is with her good friend, Ariana. And so Sheena, when they're on a commercial break, was like, why did you say that? Like, why would you say Tom Sandoval? And Raquel is like, oh, because he has abs. 
And then after the show ends, allegedly, Sheena and Ariana talk because Ariana's freaking the F out. And she tells her what she found. Sheena confronts Raquel, punches her, slams her into a wall, and scratches her above her eyebrow, allegedly. And the thing is, is TMZ just reported that Raquel took out a restraining order against Sheena. So take with that what you will. So that is the gist of the drama that happened, what transpired. And you might be asking yourself, these are not the first people to have an affair. Why is this blowing up so much? And for that, I say... It's because people really, really like Ariana. And Tom Sandoval is like kind of a loser. And a lot of people are like, even before this happened, like Ariana is like a sweet girl. Why is she with this loser? And she really took in Raquel. The thing with Raquel is that like, she was like a fan of the show And she was with DJ James Kennedy and like people weren't really accepting her into the group. And Ariana, you know, she would film with her and pushed for her to be accepted by everybody and was like a genuine friend to Raquel. And like they were close and, um, you know, Raquel really owes like, Ariana for her even being on this show and it and so like part of it is that Ariana is really well liked part of it is that she was really a good friend to Raquel Ariana was and then the other part of it is that this isn't just like him cheating with anybody like this is him cheating with another one of his co-stars him cheating with somebody who was a good friend of his long-term partner. And it, it, it's just so fucked up and cheating is fucked up anyway, but just the dynamics of this group, it's just especially fucked up. And what's so sinister as, as some people have described is that, um, and this is what DJ James Kennedy has said, but the thing with James, and there's this other character named Lala, who, she's a story for a different time as well, but they have been running their traps on, the thing about the Vanderpump um, rules group is that they will turn anything and make it about themselves. Like somehow they have to center themselves in these issues. Uh, which, you know, that's reality TV for you, but it's especially apparent in this group. And the thing with DJ James Kennedy is he said that he's the one that I'm pretty sure said it's been going on since July. And he also said that Ariana was asleep upstairs when Tom and Raquel hooked up. So they hooked up, allegedly, while Ariana was in the house. And people are uncovering so much. I mean, Ariana, um, 
I just feel so bad for her. The the one that really, really, and this one hasn't been verified. It's just what sleuths on Reddit or Instagram. I can't remember which one it came from. It's what they're putting together. But this this darked me out. I'm not gonna lie. Um, they both were wearing like lightning bolt necklaces all the time, and it was allegedly. These people are litigious, so I have to say allegedly, okay? Um, allegedly, it was like their, sig- their s- signal to each other that they love each other. Oh, my God. That is just so... And when she was on Watch What Happens Live, I don't think it was this appearance that just happened last week. It was an appearance before that. She was wearing a dress that had lightning bolts on it. I mean, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just... oh. I can't, I can't even like wrap my head around it. So the last update I have for it is that Tom, oh, I didn't even say this. Tom wrote a notes app apology, which is there anything cornier? Is there anything cornier than a notes app apology? Oh my God. Get a crap. I just, ugh. So like, and he couldn't even like, like he wrote your, you are, I'm like, <laughs> your notes up apology. You're just going to abbreviate your, okay. Anyway, uh, he didn't say sorry once to Ariana in this notes up apology. It was just saying like, don't mess with my business. Cause him and Tom Schwartz, they own a restaurant called Tom Tom, which I don't even know if it's open yet. Um, because it wasn't open <laughs> during the season. I don't know if it's open, but uh, he's like, don't mess with my restaurant or something. <laughs> oh my God, these people. He didn't even apologize to Ariana. Oh, I just feel, oh my God, I can't even imagine how she feels. Uh, apparently she like deleted all of her like apps and people have just been like, Sexy Unique Podcast, uh, one of the co-hosts, Carrie, he said there, he said the cast of Vanderpump Rules is like sitting Shiva <laughs> with Ariana. And honestly, they kind of are. Like everybody keeps going to her house to be with her. It's not funny. I'm it's not funny. It's not, but I'm laughing because I laugh at inappropriate times sometimes. <laughs> Oh my God. I was just thinking about when he said that, that they're, <laughs> that they're sitting Shiva with her. Oh my God. I can't. Oh my God. They're so funny. You got to listen to that podcast. It is so funny. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, he didn't even apologize, but the latest update is that Tom and Tom Sandoval and, uh, Raquel did film a scene and they allegedly kissed on camera And then Tom is now refusing the film because he didn't, he thinks that he will come across as the villain in that scene they filmed. And if he can't get a take two, he doesn't want to continue filming. And I'm kind of like, you are the villain. (laughs) Like there's, there's no take two. There's no way that you can appear on camera with your mistress who's also a good friend of your long-term partner and kiss her without seeming like the villain. I mean, 
he has like he thinks he thinks that he's more than what he is and I'm just like dude lean into the villain edit he needs to talk to um Spencer Pratt he needs to get on with Spencer Pratt because Spencer will tell him how to lean into the villain edit I will give updates if there's any juicy updates that come along between now and next week which the way the story's going there probably will be and then the last little bit that I unfortunately have to confirm is that it does appear that Avril Lavigne and Tyga are dating because they were at a fashion show and they were kissing and I cannot handle that at all in the slightest and the thing is, Miss Avril is messy boots. She was engaged and her now ex-fiance, his name is Maud Sun. He's a artist as well. He went on tour and a spokesperson for him said that like when this started breaking, the spokesperson was like, they were together and engaged as of three days ago when he left for tour. So if anything's changed, it's news to him. And then she's been photographed with Tyga and then photographed kissing Tyga. And Mr. Sun has been on Twitter just being a sad boy and I don't blame him. And he tweeted out, in one week, my entire life completely changed. I just know that there's a plan for it. I'll keep my head up, always listen to my heart, even when it feels broken. <laughs> that is so sad. Oh my God. But yeah, she, what the fuck is that about? Why is she with Tyga? What do those two people have to talk about? And I was texting a friend and I said, does she not know that she is one degree separated from Tokyo Tony? who is wreaking havoc on Beyonce's internet. I, she allowed me in on my uh, podcast Instagram. She accepted my follow request, but I'm sure she will be removing me soon because she, uh, she is crazy on there. And she says that uh, if you don't tip her, she'll remove you. I'm not sending Tokyo Tony money. So if she removes me, it's, it's because of that, but she is crazy on the internet and Avril girl, you're in danger because Tokyo is calling everybody demons. And she is, she says, talking about the Illuminati, she's going off. She is going off. And you know, what's another crazy thing that I just thought of Avril dated Brody Jenner. Brody Jenner is the step-sibling, half-sibling of the Kardashian Jenners. And who has a baby with a Kardashian? Black China. Black China's oldest child's dad is Tyga. And thus it continues. Can't you get out of LA? Can we find somebody else for Avril? Anybody? What about her ex-husband? Lead singer of Nickelback. What's his name? Chad Kroger. What happened there? I want to know. What happened there? Oh, get away from, get away from him. Gee, Tyga is bad news bears. It seems like maybe Avril's bad news bears too, which my 10 year old heart cannot take. 
oh my god it's just too much is too much has happened this week oh in ireland baldwin the crazy baldwin family i love her though i just it's unfortunate who her father is but ireland baldwin had her baby shower in a strip club and i can't think of anything more fucking iconic than that and i love her she's cool she lives in oregon now I would love to run into her one day and just be like, yeah, I see you. So that's it for this week's hot topics. Let's get into what my next series, I guess you could call, is going to be. It's going to be on 90 supermodels. And I chose 10 to talk about. There are like probably like... 30 that are regarded as like the supermodels of the 90s I'm gonna choose 10 these 10 are like some of them are just like my favorites some of them I actually don't know anything about and I'm really excited to learn a lot about them and then some of them are Naomi Campbell who is the supermodel in my opinion um and then I'm gonna talk about like the trinity and the big five and kind of like how those models came to be, where they started, and all that good stuff. But really, I want to focus on the 90s because that was the heyday of the supermodel. So my relationship with 90s supermodels is, one, I was uh, six when the 90s ended. Um, So I obviously, like, did not really know it and it's all all its glory as it was happening real time like which makes me so sad that's why I wish I was around in the 90s because I just feel like it would have been so great not only for the supermodelness of it all but just like the fashion and when my parents talk about Seattle in the 90s it was just like a really cool place to be so I have I have a, a whenever people are like what era do you wish you could go back I'm like the 90s So the supermodel of that era that I grew up with was Miss Tyra Banks. And she's going to be one of the models that I'm going to talk about. And I definitely was a girly that watched America's Next Top Model, which she was a terrorist on that show. I will never forget her chopping those girls' hairs off, bleaching it. That one girl, I can't, I want to say her name was like Nicole or something. She put a weave on that poor white girl and it was just like the worst weave in history. Oh my God. She was, she was a feral person on that show and just so crazy. And obviously Naomi Campbell like has just been a fixture in my entire life and just absolutely incredible. Um, And that is about it for the two supermodels that I like actually was aware of in the 90s. Um, I knew of Tyra because she was everywhere. And like, I do remember her being in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I remember seeing her in ads and stuff. And then she did a movie with Lindsay Lohan called Life Size, which I loved so much. And I still have it on VHS. Um, it's in my storage and I will never get rid of it because I love life size. Uh, and then Naomi just, 
I mean, is, is there anywhere more iconic? Like she is just permeated, um, the world zeitgeist, like not just like America, but like she has taken over the world. So those are who I was aware of from that original group. And then the other eight are Tatiana Petits, who she passed away, which makes me so sad. I had no idea. And then I like looked her up to look up like pictures of her from the 90s. And I was like, oh, my God, she passed away. Um, And then also Christy Turlington, Cindy Crawford, Kate Moss, of course, uh, Ella McPherson, Linda Evangelista, and then Claudia Schiffer. Um, Those are going to be the girls that I will be talking about. And I'm so excited to learn about them. I'm so excited to like present their stories and like what they were doing in the 90s and how like they just took over and it really what's so special about the 90s in supermodels is that really like when we think of Vogue and stuff there often there are models who still grace the covers but it's typically like celebrities that do Vogue and that kind of is how it used to be too like celebrities are the ones that really got the covers um for a lot of magazines back in the day And then there was this shift in the 80s and the 90s where suddenly models are appearing more often on the covers than like actresses. And that really, I mean, there's always been obviously models that were on the covers of magazines and stuff, but because there was kind of that void, it really gave the opportunity for these models to really rise. And what ended up happening was not only were they models who were just obviously gorgeous, they kind of became their personalities is what really like took them into superstardom. And it all began in 1990. So the January 1990 cover was shot by Peter Lindbergh and it is by all accounts the birth of the supermodel and on the cover is of course Naomi Campbell, Christy Turlington, Tatiana Petites, Linda Evangelista, and Cindy Crawford and they are the supermodels and they usher in this completely new era. The shot is beautiful. It's black and white um, they look gorgeous. They are serving face, hunty, obviously. And he, Peter had done an interview um, a few years ago with The Guardian. And like he, he is kind of um, like doesn't really take full credit, but he does, but he kind of doesn't. And he's like, um, I know everybody says that's like the beginning of the supermodel, but actually it I shot these shots in 1988 and he said he was like bored with American Vogue at the time. And like, he was more interested in like the art school girls and more interested in just something that was like downtown New York. And she was like, I want you the the editor of British Vogue at the time was like, I want you to take the cover photograph and I want you to capture what the 90s is going to be about. And 
good Lord, did he capture what the 90s were going to be about in terms of fashion because it was these girls. And what ended up happening was that George Michael used those same models in his music video, Freedom 90. And there's really a a correlation with supermodels and music videos. Um, Like the one that immediately comes to mind for me is Naomi Campbell. And she's in a Michael Jackson music video, just looking, oh my God, so beautiful. And so those are the supermodels. And there is a consensus that those five are the supermodels. And then there's the Trinity. And the Trinity consists of Linda Evangelista, uh, Christy Turlington, and then Naomi Campbell. And Linda was called the chameleon. She goes through so many hair changes, so many hairstyles. She had cut her hair short back in the late 80s. And you know how there was the Rachel? Well, there was the Linda And honestly, if you look at 90s movies, 90s media and stuff, so many women tried to emulate that short haircut that she did. And um, yeah, so, you know, influencers, like those were the influencers of the day, the supermodels. And Christy was called the insurance one. And it was because she knew that, or like the, the, Industry knew that, and she would attest to this, that if they booked her, they were not going to get any fuss. She was going to do her job. She was going to show up on time and, you know, have a good attitude about it. And then Naomi was kind of like the revolutionary one. She was the first black woman to appear on Time, French Vogue, British Vogue, and the September issue of American Vogue. The first black model. Um, And the September issue of American Vogue is probably the most important issue of any fashion magazine in the world. And so Naomi's impact is something that, I mean, she, she is still the model. Like she's the girl that is teaching your fave models of the moment how to walk. Like Bella Hadid credits her walk, Bella and Gigi credit their walk to Naomi because Naomi's like, I'm going to take you under my wing and I'm going to teach you. And you watch 2018 is when Bella started um, getting lessons from Naomi and you see her, her walk completely transforms. It's incredible. And Naomi is definitely one of those people that is just, I could talk about her for days and I have criticisms of her. So don't get it twisted. I absolutely praise how much of a trailblazer she is. Linda Evangelista famously said in the October Vogue issue that she does not get out of bed for less than $10,000 a day. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Oh, iconic, iconic. So these girls were, they, they were like movie stars. Like it, it wasn't just like how there's the models of today who are like their influencers, the models of today are. Those models had unprecedented power in the 90s. They were everywhere. They commanded respect and to be paid what they were worth. And they made extraordinary money that 
was just like, I mean, incredible. Claudia Schiffer, she made $12 million in 1994. And that, like, that's, that was unprecedented. Like, that was so much money. It's still so much money, but it was so much money there. Cindy Crawford, she was dating um, Richard Gere, who my husband, he cannot stand Richard Gere. Like, he is so disturbed by him. It is insane how much, like, he really loathes Richard Gere. And it's because of his eyes. He says he has beady eyes. Um... I don't know. I don't have any strong opinions on him. I really liked uh, his role in the band plays on. Um, and then obviously uh, pretty woman is iconic, but in 1991, um, Cindy and Richard were together and they went to the Academy Awards and Cindy wore this like white or this red uh, Versace dress, which was talk about influencer. It was it's still like that style of dress is still something that you see on like Fashion Nova. Like it has stood the test of time, the cut on that dress. And like Claudia's hair, Cindy's hair, that like big blowout is is something that I see so much right now with the um, like Dyson Airwrap and the Shark Flex style that style is coming back in such a huge way. And I don't know if it really ever left, but it's definitely something that's having a resurgence. And like it, these, I just can't emphasize enough how much these girls, these women of that time, how, like how big they were. And we've never seen it again, like, except for a few models here and there. But really what what is so incredible about their rise in power and fame and celebrity is really how quick it actually all ended, too. Because they were, for like a five-year period, five, six years, they were huge. And then, um, I mean, and these women were obviously drop dead gorgeous and beautiful, but they were like bombshells. And there is with the, the rise of Kate Moss, there like was a transition to that heroin chic. And while these women were still having these incredible campaigns um, and experiencing like just once in a lifetime opportunities it like it it moved very quickly and by the 2000s like the supermodels of the 90s like they they obviously had staying power and a lot of these women still model but like it was just like a brief period the height of this phenomenon and really I think that people would agree that um, they'll never let models be like, they'll never be a Trinity again. There will never be a big five again because it's women who had power and they do not like women in power. And the modeling industry is very exploitative. And there's this really famous, um, I think it was a New York Times article from the like 1995 1996 with Jamie King 
And she, you, you know who Jamie King is. She, her, um, her child's godmother is Taylor Swift. She was in that uh, show Heart of Dixie. She played Lemon. She also was in one of my favorite movies, White Chicks. Um, she played one of the sisters that was kidnapped. Uh, yeah, so Jamie King got her start when she was like very young as a model. And it really, this article like exposed how exploitative the industry is and how hard they have these children working. And like these, these women who were the models of like the nineties, like there's been so many things written about how, you know, the ones that weren't the supermodels, what was happening to them and how they were living in these. And it still goes on to this day. They're living in these apartments that are meant for one person and they have 16 girls, 20 girls in a one bedroom apartment. And they'll have them, you know, they obviously tell them to not eat and to that they could be 108 pounds. And they're like, you need to lose 10 pounds. Like, and these girls are like five foot 10. So it's just an incredibly exploitative industry and unhealthy industry and uh, getting paid to be beautiful is like, it sounds glamorous, but it's just like horror story after horror story. And if you don't have any power coming in, like I, I would say Bella Hadid, Gigi Hadid, Kendall Jenner, their experience is probably radically different than say like Emily Ratajkowski's experience because like it just is like they had, they had clout before, you know, they really made it big and they're talented. I mean, even Miss Kendall Jenner, she's got talent um, and I'm not going to shit on her cause I don't want to, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's just wildly different when you come into something already having a leg to stand on and you read that article with Jamie King and you're just like, Oh my God, this is, this sounds like hell. Like this, I would never want to sell my soul. And like, you honestly have to. And so these supermodels, they gained this power that had never been seen. And, you know, there are models today who do have like power and stuff like Giselle. I mean that she's like the supermodel and especially post Tom Brady, because girl, we are all rooting for you. Uh, and he is, we don't like him. I hope you know that. We love you. We don't like him. Uh, but there's just never going to be that collective again because the powers of B will make sure that that doesn't happen again because Linda Evangelista, she was iconic, but that pissed off the industry when she said, I don't get out of bed for less than 10000 Like They were like, they're making too much money and they have too much power. And I think that is such a shame that that power lasted for so little time and but I do think it's really incredible and revolutionary that so much like 
progress was made, you know, with Naomi. And then also Tyra. Tyra was the first black woman to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I love that cover so much. Like that bikini. I had one that was like very, very knockoff of that that I got at Walmart. But I was like, this is my Tyra Sports Illustrated bikini. And then she was also the first black woman on the cover of GQ. So, and what's so unfortunate about Naomi and Tyra and them being these trailblazers in the 90s is that the media pitted those two women against each other. And I still think there's probably weirdness to this day, but the narrative of it it was like, there's a slice of pie for everybody. And I'm sure people were getting in Naomi's ear, getting in Tyra's ear, filling their head with like, oh, she wants to do this. She wants to sabotage this. And then their own cattiness, because they're being told, you know, from so many different people, a false narrative. And it's just so like sad because there's room for everybody. And if anybody ever tells you there isn't, that is somebody you want to stay away from because there is a piece of pie for everybody. And the world would be a lot better if we just all thought that way and accepted that and just embraced it. And it it's just, it makes me so sad because the power that they could have had in joining forces instead of spending so many years loathing each other, that just breaks my heart. But I am excited to talk about some of my favorite shows of the 90s um, campaigns. Like the Guest Jeans campaign was just so iconic. Uh, Chanel was so, I mean, Chanel's obviously still very big, but the Chanel fashion shows, like, I saw this funny TikTok once that was like, a girl will tell you she's a fashion girly and then (laughs) just dress like Chanel in the 90s. And first of all, that's mean because if you can dress like Chanel in the 90s, like you are a fashion girly. Um, Second, let people like what they like. Quit being so mean and judgy. But I love Chanel in the 90s. Uh, I... My favorite, though, and it's so cliche. I know it is, and I don't care. My favorite is 90s Versace. I love, especially the last show um, with Gianni before he was killed. And then the show, like, there's, oh, my God. Oh, I got chills just thinking about it. So the show after Gianni was killed, murdered, um... Naomi, she's like in this pink dress with a cross on, looking absolutely stunning. And she like is crying. And it's so, there's, it is art. It is art. And obviously she's really crying because a great, great friend of hers who championed her career, who she was a muse of, they were very close, was murdered. But there's something that's just so like, angelic about it oh my god it's so beautiful uh and it also feels like we shouldn't be looking at this this is not something we should be able to see this like moment of like just deep deep sorrow oh lord but oh my god she looks so beautiful and then um 
you know, there's the Victoria's Secret of it all. Like that really popped off in the 90s. And I just can't wait to dig into it and reference all of these like campaigns that I've seen. Like I, my period of being influenced and like my references are very much like 2002 to 2012 was like really where a lot of my personality comes from. But so much of the media I consumed in that time period, whether it be magazines or like Tumblr or Instagram or anything, they still revere the supermodel. And it is something that has shown so much. It is something that is so revered in pop culture because it was so iconic. And I just, I could look at the imagery from that time like over and over again because it's just so glamorous and beautiful and sexy and just it's so alluring and I I just can't wait to dive into it so I really really hope that you enjoy this series well that's it for today next week I will start with my first model I just wanted to do like a little intro to this series I'm gonna do and I I hope you enjoy it the next 10 weeks we'll be talking about all these supermodels and where they were at in the 90s. Maybe do a little catch up on where they're at today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this while you were doing your makeup, drinking your coffee, driving to work. I really, really enjoyed clucking about this week's hot topics and a little 90s supermodel. All right, you guys. Bye.